0: Hi, everyone. I'm Lillian from the Middle Island Project, joining you today on John Littlefair's Never Just a Dog podcast.
1: How did you get involved in the Middle Island Penguin Project?
0: I did placement at the start of 2021 my degree and then I just loved it so much I kept coming back they couldn't get rid of me and then in the end um, they were looking for staff so I decided that I would move down to Warnerville and work on it because it was my absolute dream seen Oddball as a kid and just loved it so yeah m- made the move and then halfway through last year they did some more hiring so I applied for the project officer role and was lucky enough to be offered that position. So now I'm book handling as well as project officer. So working in the office, looking after the operational side of things.
1: How did that organisation start? Had it started before the movie Oddball came out? Tell me a bit about the history of that because it's pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah, so the first trial for the project was in 2006. So that was when Oddball was first put onto the island in a trial. She actually didn't quite spend four weeks on the island but it did work while she was on the island there wasn't a single fox kill so from there saw hey this crazy idea of using dogs in wildlife conservation actually works so let's renew the trial so then a few more dogs were put on and then eventually the project got its first two dogs Yudi and Chua who in my eyes are the true heroes of the project
1: Marema dogs, they call. is that the breed?
0: Yes, yeah, so Marema is the breed of dogs, so they're Italian sheep dogs or Italian guardian dogs. bit different to the sheep dogs over here in Australia, they don't round up the sheep, they actually protect them. So a bit similar, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of alpacas being used to protect sheep to keep away threats, so they're similar to that. They basically scare away any threats. So in a lot of cases over here in Australia, that is foxes.
1: Okay. So the dogs protect the penguin colony from foxes. How do they do that? Do they bark at them or do they chase them away?
0: Yeah. So all of those things, if they had to, we have three lines of defense. So the first one is simply the smell of the dog in the air. So the scent, so urine, feces, fur is in general enough to keep any fox or even a wild dog away from the area because they can Tell that there is a very large or two very large dogs over there and they don't even dare to try and get
1: across.
0: (laughs) If they did start going across, the dogs would bark. So that would be the second line of defense. And then that third line of defense, if they had to, in our case on Middle Island, they haven't had to before, but they would chase and do what they have to do to keep that threat away.
1: Is it natural instinct or are they trained to protect the penguins?
0: So they do have a very strong natural instinct to do that guarding we do train our dogs we actually use chickens so some famous words there from swampy marsh you need to get a couple of maramas out there after all penguins are just chickens in fancy dinner suits (laughs) so we use chickens to train our dogs and then they know that they should protect any feathery bird basically so Not only over on Middle Island are they protecting the little penguins, but we also have a colony of short-tailed shearwaters as well as cormorants. So they will protect any bird life over on Middle Island because, yeah, we train them with chickens. So we do that training with them. But another really important part of their training is the older, wiser guardian dogs telling them what's right and wrong.
1: Oh, like Big Daddy.
0: Yes. (laughs) 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 So... and Chula that I mentioned earlier, the first two dogs on the project, played a very important role in training our next generation of guardian
1: dogs. Tell me about your day as a handler for a Maroma dog.
0: Day in the life of a dog handler for the Maroma dogs. So go and feed them in the morning, make sure everything's all right, make sure they've got plenty of fresh water. If the dogs were on the island, we'd go over, we'd have to wait till low tide to walk across to Middle Island and feed them check again that they have plenty of fresh water, make sure everyone's happy and healthy. And then again of an evening when they're not on the island or for our education dogs going and feeding them again. So that's a typical day. A lot of the times we do talks for school groups or other groups. So on one of those days, we would get the dogs and take them down to our tour group so they can have a nice socially distanced photo with them. And understand the type of dogs that we are working with because they are a very unique breed. Not many dogs are about 50 kilos. Chula. So, scientific name of the little penguin is Eudipchula Minor. So, that's where their names come from. Eudipchula. Chula.
1: And you were pretty close to those dogs. Did you work with those dogs on a regular yeah, basis? Yeah, I did.
0: Yeah, so they were two very special girls, both very different from one another. So Chula was our lead guardian, which means she was the one who basically did all of the work. She was always the first one to jump up if there was a threat. Um, She was the matriarch of the pack. She loved being with the younger ones, making sure they're doing the right thing. And then Yudi was our support guardian. Again, a very good guardian. She would do her job when she had to, but otherwise she was more just there for social support. But both Very unique in their own ways, but both very special, apparently. And as they got older as well, and um, Chula had retired from the role of guardian on Middle Island, so definitely got to spend more time with them and giving them lots of love sure that they were living a retired life.
1: Okay. So when they weren't working, did they become like pets for you?
0: Not so much. So both girls... Chula had retired. Yudi actually hadn't retired, but even though Chula had retired, she still wanted to work all of the time. So while the dogs aren't on the island and then once Chula had retired, they lived at a farm and at the farm we have chickens because they always need to be protecting something and Chula, you could not stop her from guarding. (laughs) Um, Even though she was technically retired, she was guarding right up until the end there.
1: Chula passed away, was it November last year?
0: It was late last year, yes. Yeah,
1: okay. How was that effect on you?
0: Look, it was a pretty tough time. I think with Chula, her health had been going downhill for a little bit, so it wasn't so much of a shock, although obviously still sad. But I just felt very grateful that um, myself and the other dog handlers could be there during her last days and weeks and make sure that she felt loved and she was comfortable and that was nice to see her surrounded by so much love. But obviously it was quite sad at the same time.
1: How about the other handlers? How did it affect how did it affect you guys as a team?
0: Yeah, it's I guess it's at times like that when it is nice to be a part of a team um, because we can all be there for each other. We're going through the same thing. Um, It sucks (laughs) and it's hard, but just knowing that, you know, we're all there for the same reasons to be there for Chula and then be there for one another as well. I think that makes it a lot easier. Um, But yes, definitely hard for everyone on the team to have to say goodbye to someone who has been such a big part of our lives for the last however long um, because. As your name of the podcast, never just a dog. Um, The dogs definitely become family.
1: Yudi passed away as well, not that long after.
0: So Yudi passed away midway through the year, and that was a huge shock to everyone. Yeah, definitely didn't see it coming. Myself personally, I was away in the Grampians doing field work, so getting that call was not very nice, um, but I was very lucky that the people I was working with made sure that they could cover me and I could come back and have the chance to say goodbye. Um, but that one definitely hit the team really hard as well. But, again, all there for each other, all there for UD. So being part of that team makes it that little bit easier and nicer. With Chula, it sort of it just didn't seem real the whole time. Um, with UD, when I first found out I was devastated and then I think knowing that it was going to happen by the time I got to Yudi I was just sort of numb.
1: (laughs) So you got back and you managed to catch up with the team and a group farewell to Yudi?
0: Yeah. so she was surrounded by everyone that she loved Um, even her previous dog handlers were able to come and say goodbye to her um, which was very special so yes very I'm very happy that Yudi was able to be surrounded by everyone that she loved and, yeah, go in a nice, peaceful way after everyone.
1: What happened in the end?
0: Yudi got an aggressive form of bone cancer, and it was so aggressive that within a week, I believe, of finding out that, yeah, she had to be put to sleep.
1: After you said farewell again, how was that for you?
0: It was hard um, and I think it's, it's never not hard when you have to say goodbye. Something I struggled with was knowing, was leaving, so saying goodbye and knowing that that would be the last time that I got to see both of the girls, that was the hardest for me. It was when, once I say goodbye and I walk away, that's it. That was very hard, Just very different when you sort of get the news that say something has happened but having the chance to go and say goodbye it was it was very special and I'm very grateful and lucky that I was able to have the chance to say goodbye to both of those girls but definitely then having to walk away and leave knowing I mean, that that would be the last time that was very hard.
1: So you went back to work in the Grampians straight after that?
0: Yeah I did have to go back the next day I was very grateful my housemate at the time drove all the way up to the Grampians just to pick me up and bring me back home so I was definitely felt very loved and grateful for everyone around me at that time but going back into the field and having to be there for a few more weeks away from everyone was definitely hard that's the other thing when you think like wow all these other dogs in my life like that gonna have to go through it with them as well but it never stops you from getting another dog because it's just it's so worth it.
1: So you eventually got back to the island. So you were in the Grampians working and then you went back to Warnable. How was that for you coming back after being away for a couple of weeks? That would have been emotional.
0: Yes. Um I loved being in the field, but I realized being away from everyone and every dog that was important to me it was quite hard. So yeah, loved my time in the field, but being back home or back in Warrnambool with all my friends and the dogs and friends who are now family. Yeah, it's definitely a very nice feeling after everything.
1: Judy and Chula were they the only dogs there, or were were there others as well that you could get around and get some loving support in some way from? That can work as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. I said to you earlier that the dogs are family, so definitely being able to go and say hello to all of the other projects dogs is definitely it's hard at first um, to go back without the girls there but you know they just remind you why you do this and why you're here
1: who are you the handler for now tell me the names of some of the dogs that you work with
0: so currently we have our lead guardian mezzo so he is mezzo yes
1: How did he, she, get his, her name?
0: So good question. So then our support guardian at the moment is Isola. So we've got Mezzo and Isola, which roughly translates to Middle Island in Italian.
1: You guys are so creative with the names of your dogs. (laughs)
0: Look, I wish I could take credit for it, but they were named by the public. (laughs)
1: Oh, no, definitely take credit for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then another clever one, our third guardian in training, Oberon, is king of the fairies, or in our case, king of the fairy penguins, so little penguins that we have on Middle Island have been known as fairy penguins. Again, named by the public. I can't take credit for that one, but isn't it clever? (laughs) Very clever. (laughs) Um, And then we also have two education dogs, so Avis and Amor, who were both named after volunteers. One, so Avis, the longest standing volunteer at Flagstaff Hill in Warnable, and then Amor after a really important volunteer of the Middle Island Project in the early days.
1: How do you get funding for the Middle Island Penguin Project?
0: So we rely completely on sponsorships and donations, as well as income from talks that we run. So over summer, we ran penguin protectors experience so an educational experience so ticket sales through that go directly into the project donations directly into running the project and then our sponsors so pet stock in Warrnambool supply all of the food for all of the dogs which is about ten thousand dollars a year so massive sponsors
1: shout out to pet stock in Warrnambool
0: yep shout out to pet stock shout out as well to the vet group who do all of the fleeing worming vaccinations and your checkups grooming so again another major sponsor and Warrnambool City Council Deakin University Flagstaff Hill Fitz Media, and we work really closely as well with Warrnambool Coast Care Land Care Network who do all the penguin monitoring on Middle Island
1: would have been hard like during COVID ticket sales group tours all that that must have just slammed you guys
0: Yes, absolutely. So there was a whole season or summer that we, so one whole season. So the 2020 to 2021 summer, we weren't able to run any kind of tours. That is normally our biggest income for the year. So that hit us pretty hard, not being able to do anything there. Summer just gone. It was so unpredictable of what was going to happen, but we were able to run a shorter um, summer series. So we did do some of our penguin protectors experience which allowed us to generate some income but nowhere near as much as in usual years so hopefully we're past the worst of it now and going forward we can get back to running our full series and getting enough income in to keep the project going
1: so what would happen if the dogs were removed from the island would the foxes come back
0: so that's a very good question. That first line of defence with the marimas, keeping foxes away, is the scent or the smell of the dog in the air. So when we do have to take the dogs off the island, if there's bad weather forecast or if they've been on long enough and they need to come off for a break, the smell of the dog over on the island is actually enough in general to keep foxes away. If the dogs are going to be off for a decent amount of time, we will actually take a dog over to the island and let them wee and do all those dog things to get their smell back on the island um if for whatever reason we can't get across the island we'll do that on the beach on the mainland side of the island so that from that point there the foxes are actually deterred
1: i've got two questions for you if i dressed as a penguin and went onto the island would the dogs protect me or bark at me
0: Look, I'd have to think they would bark at you because they have never seen anything like it before.
1: Like a (laughs) six-foot-tall penguin.
0: Yeah, no. So anything that's not the people that they know or the penguins or the cormorants or any of the birds that normally live on Middle Island, anything foreign they will bark at. So they bark at boats going around the island, people. If people do the wrong thing and come across the island, they'll bark at them, anything that's not usually there. They will see as a threat and they will bark at you.
1: Okay, so if I dressed as a fox, that probably answers that question.
0: <laughs> Don't like your chances, no.
1: What were you doing before?
0: S- was studying. So I did oh, Bachelor of, of Environmental Science, Wildlife and Conservation Biology from 2018 2020. And then, so finished that at the end of 2020, and then spent last year doing honours researching house mice in the Grampians. <laughs> And then I was still doing that, and I like officially graduated from that first one one day. And then the next day, I got the call about getting the project officer job. So I was very stoked with that. So then I finished honours, and I like for the last four months, I think, and I was working in the role and I finished now, just having a nice break, but looking at doing some research, going back and doing proper research. <laughs>
1: What's proper research?
0: Like a PhD.
1: So you become a doctor? (laughs) Yes. That's exactly not gonna
0: lie, that may be one of the main incentives,
1: but (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Lillian
0: has a nice ring to it.
1: Have you watched Oddball the movie again?
0: I definitely have, and I still think it's amazing. I watch it again and I think back to when I first watched it when I was younger. And think, wow, how did how did I get so lucky to be in this position? It's literally a dream come true.